Welcome to the Spurs Up Show, home of the best Gamecocks content on the internet. The following is presented to you by our friends over at MyBookie. Football is back, and so is winning season at MyBookie. NFL, college football, and a brand new cash-out system give you options to bet and win all season long. First two legs of your parlay hit, cash out early and use the funds on another bet, or let it ride for the chance at a bigger payday. Use early cash outs as a tool to stay in control of the action at MyBookie. To get started, go to MyBookie.ag now and register an account for free. When you're ready to make your first deposit, just use promo code TSUS to grab a welcome bonus on the house. That's promo code TSUS to claim your deposit bonus and, for a limited time, a free chip to use in the MyBookie Casino. You can bet on anything, anytime, anywhere, only with MyBookie. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Price Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi-entry. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports, pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of. They have got it over at Prize picks. They also have a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. They're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with rave reviews. So many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up show have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. So, again, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use that promo code TS. U.S. to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it! We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Our good friend, Mark Ryan of The Fan Upstate, who does a fantastic job on his show every single day, three to seven offsides with Mark Ryan. He joins us. Mark Ryan, what's going on, my friend? Appreciate you taking the time. How are you? Man, pumped up, pumped up. Away we go with the weekend. Chris Phillips, might a major upset be in store in Athens? (laughs) The fingers are crossed, Mark Ryan. The fingers are crossed indeed. And I promise, Mark, we will get there. Uh, we got a lot to discuss, a lot to get into, Mark. I do appreciate you. First thing I want to ask you is this. It's been two weeks, but are you worried about the state of the SEC right now? We see Texas A&M lose, lose to Miami. Bama goes down to Texas. We saw LSU drop to Florida State. Are you worried about the conference at all moving forward? You know what? I've talked to enough analytics guys this week, Chris, who tell me that the SEC is still far and away the best conference. But you can't deny that the formerly the artist formerly known as the All Cupcakes Conference is four and one against the SEC. And how totally heartbreaking is it that the Pac-12 now has six top 25 teams and we are exactly, I don't know, one off season away from the entire left coast of the United States of America not even having a football conference anymore, Chris. That, I mean, like... That must have been the worst mismanagement I've ever seen in my life, Chris, for other conferences to deem that 10 of those 12 programs um, elevate their their conference, right? But the current commissioner of, that, uh, of the Pac-12 couldn't get anything better than a streaming deal, right? Which is the reason they broke up to begin with. They were about to sign that streaming deal. And hours beforehand, that fell apart. And I just think it's heartbreaking, man, when you consider like they've been building up until that point. Look at the difference right now. The ACC and the Pac-12, Chris, have been in a battle for survival. The ACC is having its best season, right, Um, seemingly when it matters the most and while the conference can still be saved. And the Pac-12 is doing the same when it's too little too late. Heartbreaking. Now, Mark, as we look back on week two, you know, South Carolina gets the big bounce back win over Furman. Clemson gets a big bounce back win over Charleston Southern. It's ironically enough, both teams struggled out of the gate, especially Clemson, who was, what was it, 24 to seven at halftime. What did you take away from both of the Palmetto State teams uh, in their respective FCS games? I thought for South Carolina, You know, you saw a youth movement and some good things happen late. Clemson obviously pulls away big. But I know you and I had this conversation early in the week. But leaving week two, 
What stood out to you from the Gamecocks and Tigers taking down a couple of hapless FCS opponents? Yeah, look, uh, all positive on the Gamecocks front. Um, you know, they they held Furman to five fewer points than I thought they would, and they scored nine more points than I thought they would against against Furman. However, Chris, you can't, you know, if you do the good, the bad, the ugly, the ugly is that Furman was equally ineffective running the football as South Carolina was. That's an FCS school. What does that bode? How does that bode the rest of the way? Um, at the same time, man, Spencer Rattler, Gamecocks, you guys got a superstar quarterback. Do you realize that? I mean, you guys might be looking at the big picture here, but at the most important position, you know, two games last year was a blip. Five games now is, is a trend. Spencer Rattler is very much trending right now. Chris, I continue to see um, you harping on the, you know, the lack of national recognition. And you're exactly right. You know, the issue is, Chris, there are that the quarterback play right now in college football is just insane. It's, it's just through the roof. But if you tell me I got a game that I got to win, I got a fourth quarter where I really need a couple touchdowns. Bro, you think I'm taking Bo Nix over Spencer Rattler? Is I mean, is that because they got Nike's money behind them or or what? You know, every time I go to ESPN.com, I get besieged with Bo Nix commercials, Bo Nix advertising, Bo Nix banners. Have you ever seen more hype about nothing? Like, where's the beef on that guy's resume? You know what I mean? Wendy's has an ad campaign about that, man. It's called Where's the Beef? What has he done? Oh, yes, that's right. There, I think there was a 50-3 to three loss to Georgia last year. That's right. Hmm. Now, Mark, as we turn our attention to this week, and I, I'm glad you bring up the Spencer Rattler thing because I was going to ask you, do you feel like he's not getting the national recognition that, you know, I, and I understand first two games, UNC and Furman's defenses, but, I mean, when you're completing 83% of your passes, there's some quarterbacks that can't do that against air. So for him to do that in actual games, I don't care who the foe is, it's impressive. And the good news for South Carolina is, Mark, is we turn our attention to SEC play, thankfully beginning, right? Because enough with the FCS games, enough with the out-of-conference. Let's start to learn some things about these football teams. Having a confident Spencer Rattler is a great place to start. But you know as well as I do, Spencer Rattler is not the question going into Saturday in Athens. It's can he get any help? And I know you and I spoke on this earlier this week. You feel like the Gamecocks are kind of a, a one-man wrecking crew at this point, a one-man team damn near. And you also know as well as I do that Georgia's defense is far too good to get beat by one or two guys. So when you look at this matchup, South Carolina going into Athens, they're a four-touchdown underdog. How do you think the Gamecocks scheme around their deficiencies up front? Like, what can they do to help Spencer Rattler in this football game? Because he's shown if they do give him some help, he's going to give them a shot to compete and maybe even win this football game. Well, first of all, every Gamecock fan should be insulted by that line, Chris. 28 points. I mean, at last check, Spencer Rattler beat two top 10 teams, right? I mean, that, that happened, right? So, Chris, here's where here's what you may not know about Georgia. Do you know that last year, Georgia was 21st in America in pressure rate on a quarterback. You know what they are this year, Chris? Wait for it. 86th. Okay. Georgia is 86th in pressure rate through two games. Kirby Smart has been talking about it all week long. Concerned about the lack of, the pre lack of pressure on the quarterback. Chris, there are a lot of factors in this game that, um, that, that, you know, make, me believe that South Carolina is not going to get humiliated and might even have a fighting chance. 
You know, when we gave our scores for this, I'm going to stick with the score I gave you. Georgia 31, South Carolina 20. That would be more than having the spread, right? Um, but you've got a quarterback who's on fire. A receiver, Xavier Leggett, whom he loves throwing the football to. And you got a defensive line on Georgia that isn't getting pressure on the quarterback. Now, you tell me who has the quarterback edge, Georgia versus South Carolina. You tell me. That's the most important position, right? Now, you might have a point Georgia has the edge everywhere else. But at the same, at the same token, man, that is, a, that is a big edge for the Gamecocks. The lack of pressure that Georgia's front is providing – Combined with Spencer Rattler completing 83% of his passes this year, I look at the last three scores in this game, Georgia won by 27, Georgia won by 29, Georgia won by 41. I look for a much, much more competitive game in Athens on Saturday. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do the because I know you've talked about it a lot, Mark, especially going into week one against North Carolina about the struggles on the line of scrimmage and how that gave you a lot of hesitancy to pick South Carolina to win that football game. Um, we all know that Georgia's defensive front, I, I know that the pressure rating thing, they're a lot better than UNC's defensive front. Does that give you any angst or any worry going into Saturday? Like, if, if this game. I just think South Carolina is going to be, have to be far, far better on the offensive front to have any chance in this game because as good as Rattler's been, they, they can't throw it 90% of the time and find success. Or do you think they could just air it out the entire game and ditch the run game completely? Because, you know, conventional wisdom tells us you got to have some balance. Chris, I think Rattler, you know, there was, uh, there was a particular game, Chris, that's coming to mind right now for me, and it was the New England Patriots-Pittsburgh Steelers game. Now, it's unfair to compare anyone to Thomas Edward Patrick Brady, right? Mm -hmm. However, in that game, there was a stretch where Bill Belichick threw the ball 26 consecutive times, was asked about it after the game, um, and he gave a a five- or six-word response. You don't run against the Steelers. You don't run against the Steelers. And New England won the game, okay? He threw the ball 26 consecutive times. Spencer Rattler, Dowell Loggins, Shane Beamer, you get, they need to answer that question. Do we have to run? You know, Chris, um, you, know, you, you learn it's, at the very elementary level of football, you like to run, right, to keep the defense honest, but also because it offers very few negative plays, right? When you drop back to pass, so many negative things can happen to you, right? From interceptions to no yardage on the plays to sacks, et cetera. So a, a running game is so incredibly helpful, but you don't have it. You do have a quarterback 
playing on a 9.5 level on a scale of one to 10. So again, Chris, you know, you got a defensive line that's not getting a lot of pressure on the quarterback. Um, why not at a three to one ratio pass to run, you know, run the ball 25% of the time. I, Chris, look, time is our most valuable resource, right? Are you a proponent of wasting time? Why waste time using plays that don't work? They're not working. The Gamecocks can't block up front. So hang 400 yards of offense on the board and have it be through the air. What difference does it make? Mark, and I do agree with you because it's funny. I said over the summer that I thought South Carolina because, you know, we, we saw these issues in the running game coming from a mile away when you looked at the offensive front, when you looked at the running back room. 70-30 is what I thought South Carolina needed to be passed or run, and for better or for worse, whether that gets you a win Saturday or not. I, I think that's how they have to operate and, um, you know, should operate moving forward. Now, defensively on the other side, Mark, you mentioned the quarterback advantage. I do agree with you. Gamecocks have the advantage there. I think we'd all agree that We'd probably say Carson Beck's more talented than Stetson Bennett. I don't think that's a hot take, but he's never been in this position, being QB1 in an SEC game and Georgia's running game. To be fair, you know, we talk about the questions with South Carolina. Georgia hasn't ran the football all that great through two weeks. They have not ran it up to the Georgia standard. Also, Lad McConkey's 50-50. He's questionable. They do have a deep wide receiver room. They still have Brock Bowers. But, you know, I think for Clayton White, the, the priority mark has to be getting in his face, disrupting him, putting the game on his shoulder, and then getting him in some really uncomfortable situations and just seeing if he's willing to cough up the football. What say you? Yeah, no, Chris, like 100%. And that's exactly what you have to do. Now, can I ask you this, Chris? What's the latest on Juice Wells? What are you hearing? The Spurs Up show is brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a flavorful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate the game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. The Spurs Up Show is also brought to you by our friends over at Game Time. Download the Game Time app or head over to GameTime.co and use the promo code SPURSUP for $20 off your first purchase. Again, that's promo code SPURSUP, S-P or S-U-P, for $20 off your first purchase. Game Time is the best ticket buying app available that removes all the stress of the ticket buying process. They have things like images of your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Guys, you can buy your tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps, and you're set. And also tickets, they're sent directly to your phone. So no more scrambling, searching through your email, trying to find the tickets you just bought. Whether it be the Gamecocks, a concert, a comedy club event, you name it, whatever the event is, 
buying tickets shouldn't be stressful. And game time is the way to go. Again, that's our friends at game time. Go download the game time app or go to gametime.co. And when you do, create an account and use promo code SPURSUP. That's S P or S U P for $20 off your first purchase. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Oh, the curious case of Juice Wells. Um, I'll tell you this, Mark. So this is kind of how things have gone with Juice Wells. We heard at the start of fall camp that he sustained an off-season injury to his toe, foot, whatever. I was told at that point by multiple people that he was going to miss the first two games and would probably be back for Georgia. And, of course, you know, I here comes all of the, the spouting, the spewing by some of my own people, by the way fading my injury report saying I'm silly I don't know what I'm talking about Shane Beamer comes out uh you know find some joy you know pipe down whatever uh anyways we go into week one he's dressing out he's he's ready to go juice tells me he's playing that was the narrative juice says he's playing whatever that means as you know he goes out there he can't even last through the second half he, he plays one half has one catch or something he's done last week same thing tells me he's playing he's practicing whatever that means he apparently played 30 snaps in the Furman game. He didn't make an impact. I didn't hardly even see him on the field. From what I'm hearing, Juice Wells is still dealing with that foot injury. And Dabble Loggins yesterday, I don't know if you saw this quote, Mark, but Dabble Loggins yesterday had this to say. Because Shane Beamer, as much as we love him, he refuses to give any sort of clear answer on this injury. And, you know, gamesmanship, I get it. He doesn't have to. That's his right. Dabalogan said this yesterday, quote, it's been a process. He's overcoming an injury that most people, 99% of the world, wouldn't be back from. He's done a great job. He's ready to get out there, and he's hungry. So, Mark, this is how I'm operating because I was made look foolish two weeks in a row, especially week one, where if I knew Juice Wells wasn't 100%, 100% and wasn't his normal self, I would have picked North Carolina, and I would have been right. So I'm kind of kicking myself for that. But until I hear Shane Beamer, either two things. Until I hear Shane Beamer say he's 110% cleared by doctors, ready to go back to his normal self, or I see Juice Wells on the field making the type of impact we know he can make and being the normal version of himself, I'm assuming he's not healthy. That's where I stand right now, Mark. And unfortunately, when your head coach leaves it to you to read between the lines, we have to start making our own assumptions. So as far as I know, I would not expect Juice Wells to be an impact player in this game on Saturday. I mean, Chris, if he's full go, if he's 100%, he's wide receiver one, right? I mean, like, based on what based on what we saw last year, based on what we know of his ability? You, right? you would so, think so, Mark. That's, that's yeah. why there's no way you're going to convince me he's full go. Because the Juice Wells that we all know would love doesn't have one catch for five yards against Furman. It just, it just doesn't happen. You know what I mean? So, uh, I th- I, here's what I think happened. Because we've been down this road before. I think what happened is Juice Wells broke his toe in the offseason because that's what the rumor I heard the injury was. He broke his toe, and it was serious, and Shane Beamer wanted to play damage control and the fan base not panic and doom and gloom set in. And so, similar to Luke Doty back in 2021, and I'm not saying he's wrong for this, but I'm telling you what I think happened. I think he just kind of smoothed it out and has not really given the real honest you know, giving that out to people about the evaluation of this injury. I just think that's where we are, and I think Juice Wells is still recovering from it. I, I hope I'm wrong and he goes out there and has 200 yards receiving Saturday, but you're just you're not going to convince me he's been 100% the first two weeks. There's just no way. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's essentially non-existent. And right? so I wanted to ask you – I wanted to ask you that, Mark. 
Do other fan bases have this gripe? Does that happen? Is it like, is this a common thing in college football where like these maddening injury reports where you really don't know if guys are going to play or not from a, a weekly basis? Like, is that something you've ever found yourself with a Florida coach complaining about is like, I just feel like I'm in the dark about injuries and our best players are dropping like flies. Like, have you ever experienced that? Because that just – that feels like a yearly thing with the Gamecocks at this point. You know, Chris, I find it comical, honestly, when coaches do this. And Bill Belichick is notorious for this kind of stuff. You know, he puts uh, players that w- listed as questionable with a hangnail. You know what I'm saying? Right? So uh, – but, 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 Chris, you know, like North Carolina beat South Carolina 31-17. So what did playing coy about that accomplish outside of disappoint your, your own fan base? Man, where the hell is Juice Wells? You said he was good. You said he's practicing. You know, if, if, he, can't, if he can't play, why is he practicing? So it just, I, look, man, you know, the way I run my show, Chris, the way you run your show is that honesty is the best policy. I owe you two things, to work as hard as I can on the show and to be honest with you, and you'll always get both our opinions, the way we see them. So Chris, it's just not what I would do, right? It's, it's not what I would do. But as you know, Shane Beamer's tried very, very hard to control the narrative in Columbia. Find some joy. Tired of waiting for everyone uh, around here to wait for the other shoe to drop around here. The attitude sucks. I mean, you've heard Shane Beamer say that, right? So it doesn't surprise me that, you know, he wants to pump the sunshine a little bit. But in the end, that falls flat when you still lose to North Carolina. And the fans are wondering, WTF is going on with our best player, with our best offensive player. Yeah, and I think at the end of the day, too, Mark, and the thing that we need to make clear is I don't think anybody in the Gamecock fan base is, like, wanting to throw stones at Shane Beamer, but I think people are justifiably upset that South Carolina's, dare I say, best player, right? When I sent you my preseason top 10 Gamecocks, I had Juice Wells, number one, ahead of Spencer Rattler, like, I think he's the best player on this football team still. Maybe maybe now we got a 1A, 1B conversation because of the way Rattler's playing, but, like, it's just frustrating, right? Because in a game like this against Georgia where all the odds are stacked against you, you could really use a guy like that, especially with the downfield passing game like we're talking about. Back to the game, Mark, itself and on the field, you've picked a 31-20 to 20 loss. I want to ask you this because some folks will – accuse like if I were to tell you Mark I'd sign up for that right now some folks would accuse me of oh you're into moral victories or you have a you have a loser mentality like what do you say to that like what do you think a competitive ball game having a respectable ball game would mean because here's the reality Mark it's been ugly the last couple of years South Carolina's one in seven in their last eight games against Georgia the one win being the 2019 upset, outside of that, every loss has been by double digits. And the last couple have been by 41, 29, 27. Like, am I on sides or off sides here? When talking about, like, when you hear fans talk about, some would label a more victory, but I just want to see progression, Mark. And I think a close game in Athens would at least show us that things are trending in the right direction. Chris, what matters is your tone, right? Like, if you're acting like the team won when they lost 31 to 20, that's when you've got a loser's mentality, right? But when you say, look, I can both be disappointed at the loss, but I'd have to be blind not to see progression taking place here. Because, Chris, that's what I'm forecasting for the Gamecocks on Saturday. A loss, but progression. A loss, but improvement. A loss, but a feeling as though, man, with Spencer Rattler, if we're in the game with Georgia, we can be in the game with against everybody, right? Like, 
and that's that's how I think uh, Gamecock fans are going to feel. Now you couple that with hopefully an improving offensive line. I mean, hell, it can't get worse, right? An improving <laughs> running game. I mean, hell, it can't get worse, right? Uh, and Juice Wells returning to health. Um, you know, Rattler and company getting more and more comfortable with a new offensive scheme. And what you have, Chris, could very well be a repeat of last year when the team is kind of peaking right at the right time, right towards the end of the season. Thank God, Chris, we're not getting Clemson against South Carolina right now. I mean, that would be the bad news bears on, on a football field, man. The island of misfit toys. Can you imagine what that game would look like right now? South Carolina's offensive line, Cade Klubnick throwing pick sixes to high school teams. You know what I mean? Imagine what that would look like. Yeah, Mark, you know it's bad when uh, after the Duke game I tweeted, you know, jokingly said that I can't wait to watch five and six Clemson take on five and six South Carolina for a chance at a at a trip to a bowl game and I think everybody thought that was pretty funny actually on both sides so that that was that was nice see see uh orange and purple and garnet and black agree on something so yeah uh Mark again you've locked in your score prediction 31 to 20 obviously you're expecting a valiant effort from the Gamecocks if South Carolina was to go into Athens and do the unthinkable it'll be because of what yeah plus two in the turnover margin Chris I mean, that's look, Chris, you know, to go back to the NFL, historically speaking, Chris, the teams that are top five in turnover margin in the NFL win have a winning percentage of 750. The teams that are bottom five have a winning percentage of 300. OK, think about that for a minute. Now, how do you make that happen? Well, Spencer Rattler, all he has to do is what he's done this year, which is not throw an interception. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, don't fumble the football. Don't turn the football over. New quarterback at Georgia, right? Maybe you get a pick or two through the air. Maybe you get a fumble on the ground. Uh, Plus two in the turnover margin, okay? Um, And then, you know, Chris, limiting the big plays against Georgia defensively, kind of having the bend but don't break mentality. If I'm I'm South Carolina, I'm, you know, I'm having that mentality where I'm going to wait for Georgia to make a mistake, okay? Because new new quarterbacks tend to do that, right? So, Chris, I, I mean, I do – call me crazy, man. I don't think the path to a victory for the Gamecocks is as far-fetched as, as some make it seem. As a matter of fact, Chris, I don't necessarily believe that South Carolina has got a worse chance to beat Georgia this weekend than Clemson does to beat Florida State next weekend. You see what I'm saying? Like, I, I do believe that South Carolina is going to be competitive against Georgia this weekend, and I'm not sure Clemson – is going to be competitive against uh, against Florida State. You've got a quarterback advantage. They're not rushing the passer well. They're not, not getting pressure on the passer well, okay? Um, can you win the turnover battle? Can you be plus two there? And then can Shane Beamer, the Beamer lineage at, on special teams, create a spa- splash play on that side of the ball? You get one splash special teams play. You win the turnover battle by two. Rattler just being Rattler. Chris, you got a ball game, man. This is not that far-fetched, you know, and I think this will be the game, and this would piss me off if I'm a Gamecock fan, Chris, but this could very well be the game where people are like, well, Georgia's not the same Georgia. Well, what about what what, what we did at South Carolina? What what, We did that to them. You know, Georgia doesn't look like Georgia this year, does it? Do, Do they? You could be hearing that after this Saturday, Chris. Mark, you and I spoke earlier this week on your airwaves, which in case folks do not know, every Monday, 440, you and I chop it up. A lot of fun. Appreciate you having me on the airwaves every week. 
But we talked earlier this week about uh, reevaluating re our predictions or what have you. And I, I, you know, as I told you, and I know you're the same, like we're not really in a business of changing season predictions week to week because you could drive yourself batty. But I will ask you, both of us locked in seven and five. We had a little bit different paths to getting there. But if Spencer Rattler is able to, if, like if this is who he is the entire 2023 season, does that change your projection for South Carolina season at all? Do they maybe overachieve that seven and five pick? that you and I both had for them in the preseason. And it's if Rattler does what? If Rattler just – if if the guy we've seen the first two weeks is who Spencer Rattler is. I'm not saying he's going to complete 83% of his passes all year, but if if he's more so the good version of Rattler versus the not-so-good version, like if this is who he is now and he's able to be a consistent contributor and not be a turnover machine, right, be more what he was toward end of last season versus – first 10 games, if he's able to give them that type of production, does that change your predictions at all? Or did you expect this from the jump, I'll say? You know, no, Chris. I mean, I haven't I haven't seen anything from South Carolina yet that has shocked me. You know, I had him beating Furman. I had him losing to North Carolina. And my end of season prediction is seven and five, right? Um, you and I, Chris, when we made our predictions, the best case for South Carolina was nine and three. The worst case was five and seven. If you look at it right now, Chris, and factoring in where Clemson is, or namely where Clemson isn't, there are six 50-50 games remaining on South Carolina's schedule, right? Should they go four and two in those 50-50 games, eight and four is absolutely on the table. And you know how, Chris, we always would say, man, these Alabama quarterbacks, like, look at Mac Jones in the NFL, look at A.J. McCarron in the NFL. Why does that happen? Well, you know why it happens. It's because in college, they have far better talent than everybody else, right? So they look good with far superior talent. Look at how Spencer Rattler is looking with far inferior talent. With Charlotte and Mercer and Yale, offensive linemen trying to play SEC football. Brother, if he can do this with that, if he can make chicken salad out of chicken spit, Imagine how he's going to look behind an NFL offensive line. Chris, back to the point at hand, absolutely. Everything that Gamecock fans dreamed of before the season is very much still on the table. Mark, before we get you out of here, of course, you know we had to highlight the SEC slate this weekend. And the top matchup, of course, is the one down in Gainesville. Tennessee comes to town a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Tennessee has won twice in the Swamp in the last 51 years, which is – a crazy stat. They haven't won there since 2003. How are you feeling about the Gators this week and as they host Joe Milton in Tennessee? I can't offer an objective thought, Chris. I, I can't. <laughs> you know, Let me ask I you can't. this. Where does where does Tennessee rank on your teams, your list of teams you hate? Are they number one? Oh, dude, I can't. I, one of the greatest joys of my life, Chris, was uh, last year we went to Neyland Stadium. Uh, no one was there. No one stopped us from going in. I did the chomp. We posted the chomp all over. Mm. That was that was a great feeling. Uh, dude, I, I got a story for you real quick, okay? Uh, I was in uh, Knoxville, Tennessee, okay? I was in Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh, hang on, let me grab my charger real quick. Sorry about that, brother. No, you're good. Um, you're good. I was in Knoxville, Tennessee, and uh, going to get barbecue, right? And I got an orange and blue jacket up. And the barbecue owner comes up to me. The restaurant owner comes up to me and says, you know, sir, I want you to know 
you're sir you're more than welcome to eat at this establishment but if you do we will spit in your food the owner of the restaurant <laughs> came up and said that to me and i'm like bro you're turning down business like you're turning like you know things we can never have enough of chris mm. uh one of them is not rated g the other one is money okay we can never have enough money right so so the reality is you're turning down money and it's just like you know, driving home, Florida won that game. There's a there's a fan shaking a kneeling bobblehead out of her car at us. You know, and it's just like, these people are nuts. They're nuts. Chris, I have no idea what to expect. Joe Milton only has two passes all year long, over 20 yards, okay? Clemson has more explosive plays on the season than Tennessee does. Um, so we're going to see what's, what's going to happen, man. I was actually fascinated to hear your projection I, dude, I, I just have no idea. Mm. I have no idea. Uh, if Florida wins, I could see it being 21 to 20. If Tennessee winning wins, I could see it being 36 to three. Okay. Seriously. Mark Ryan of the fan. Well, what do you think? What but, do you think? What so do you think? What's I, your take? so I'll spoil this one because I typically lock in my predictions on Fridays. I think that the narrative all week long has been about Tennessee, their, their, their struggles at the swamp. And, you know, that's, I'm hammering Tennessee, man. I, I'm hammering the Vols. I, I just Tennessee. I gotta go, better. Chris. I gotta. Yeah. I gotta go. I gotta. <laughs> now I'll say this on the Florida side. This could be the game. Like I, I think Florida should play this game. Like no holes barred, nothing to lose. Throw it all out there because if they win, this is the game that could completely flip the East on its head. Could flip Florida season all of a sudden. You're thinking, okay. Maybe the Gators overachieve, get to eight wins, which, again, feels weird to say for Florida, but that's the state of the program. But, like, you can flip the season completely if you win this football game. Because, Mark, my biggest thing about Florida is this. I still don't feel like we really know all that much about them. I mean, all I know about Florida is this. They went to Utah and lost to a Utah team that I think half of this league would have lost to. South Carolina would have gotten obliterated by Utah. The way they played in week one against UNC, they would have lost, right? So, like – they lost to a good Utah team, and then they beat up on McNeese. We don't know anything. We, we know nothing about Florida other than that. They got to get the running game going with Montreal Johnson, Trevor Etienne. If they do that, I think the defense is going to be respectable. I think the defense is going to give Joe Milton some fits. With that being said, though, I, I, I've got Tennessee winning the football game. I just think at the end of the day, man, talent wins. I think Tennessee's got more of that right now. And I think the big thing for Tennessee is everybody's going to be talking about Joe Milton, their weapons, but what their line of scrimmage has done – especially defensively. I know they've played nobody, but 11 sacks in two games, they're going to be all over Graham Mertz all night long. And I just – until we see it from Graham Mertz, it's hard for me to say that, you know, he, he's going to be able to withstand that and, and lead Florida to a win. So, I think people are going to get lost in the Tennessee can't win the swamp narrative thing and not realize that, that once that ball's kicked off, that has nothing to do with who's going to win this game. It has nothing to do with it. So – Chris, uh, unless Chris, uh, what? Why do I consider you a friend talking about my school? <laughs> why, why do you, I, why hey, do I do that? Like I t like you said, Mark, about your show. There's only two obligations I have to you: is to work my tail off and be honest. And I'm being honest. So, well, I'll tell, I you, would what, take Tennessee. I'll tell you what, man. I'll tell you what. Um, South Carolina has this game on their schedule next week against Mississippi State, and that is if Florida doesn't win this game, batting down the hatches for a long season. I mean, this is the game that you have to win if you want to make anything of the current season you are in. 
right? That is this game for the Florida Gators. Yeah. Um, if it's if they lose, Florida's going to have the down year that everyone expects. If they win, hey, maybe cautious optimism here. Maybe it's that Tennessee isn't that great, but maybe some cautious optimism here on uh, on the Gators sideline. So that game for the Gamecocks is next week against Mississippi State, and you know I'm right. You know, you, can, you, oh, know, hey. you know I'm right. Yeah. One and no, two I, after I, this week, you can't stare one and three in the face. Yeah. I mean, I, and I had, you know, in my seven and five, Mark, you might recall, you know, I had the Gamecocks beating UNC and then dropping an upset to Mississippi State. So now you've lost to UNC. So you got to make that up somewhere. And I, I'd agree with you. If, if you fall to one and three, we're looking way too far ahead, obviously. But if you fall to one and three, I think some very not so, not so friendly realities come to reality or at least possibility if you will so it'll be fun talking about it next week breaking it all down and uh, looking forward to it. mark ryan of the fan upstate offsides of mark ryan every single day three to seven at mark ryan on air on social media mark appreciate you taking the time my friend and fingers crossed that your score prediction if not better comes true this weekend in athens uh, the, uh, the angry birds in the chat are cracking me up here today, Chris. So, uh, appreciate all you guys. Thank you so much, Chris. Have a good weekend. Good luck to the Gamecocks. More competitive than the experts think we'll see you next week. Mark, you're the man. I appreciate it. We'll talk soon. Thank Thanks, bud. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.